Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and this was an absolutely fantastic conversation with the president of the Challenge Family Board, Zibi Shluvchik. And uh, in this one, we, we talk everything from his journey from escaping behind the Iron Curtain to from Poland to Germany to, you know, starting up Power Bar Europe um, and then becoming the CEO of the Challenge Family of Races. And uh, Zibi's insights into the world of triathlon are absolutely fantastic. So many great takeaways in this one with Zibi and I truly appreciate his time to come on the show and, and, and chat. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. All right. Today's guest is someone I've had the pleasure of getting to know over the past 10 to 15 years, and he's truly a visionary in the world of triathlon. His life story reads like an adventure novel, and his passion for sports has shaped an organization that has changed the face of triathlons around the globe. From escaping behind the Iron Curtain to winning winter triathlon world titles and building Challenge Family into an iconic global series, his journey is nothing short of inspiring. In this episode, we'll take a deep dive into his early days, his role in Power Bar Europe, the incredible growth of Challenge Family over the past 21 years, and what it takes to make a mark in the highly competitive world of triathlon. So without further ado, welcome and thanks for joining me on The Greg Bennett Show, the president of the Challenge Family Board, Zibi Shluvchek. How are you, mate? I'm very well. We have a, a kind of a heat wave in Europe, which is pretty pretty amazing. Uh, but yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to have this conversation with you. Very good, mate. Well, it has been a while. I think the last time we spoke was actually at Triathlon Business International a number of years ago, um, and we went for that run in the morning. Do you remember that? Exactly. How long ago was that? It must be Absolutely. Five- well, I, you know, I'm just kind of lost the connection to time i just really don't know it must be like six seven eight years something like that maybe five um mm. i'm just definitely before covid let's say like that. <laughs> yes everything's pre-covid and post-covid mate well mate congrats on everything that's going on at challenge family um this past year was absolutely incredible challenge roth always the big standout event let's start with that mate did that just blow you away watching Magnus Ditlev do what he did and Daniela Riff just turning up and doing what she did? What a, what an incredible race that was. And yeah, no, absolutely record-breaking event from all perspectives. Um, I think uh, the, the best times in the world of Magnus and, and uh, Daniela, uh, unbelievable, uh, un- unbelievably competitive field. But also, you know, the spectators, over 300,000 people uh, lining up in the middle of nowhere, right? as, you, as you know, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just it's just unbelievable to see. And, you know, I have been on the sideline of this event for many, many years when we started to work with with Felix's father uh, as a as partner and sponsor and, and uh, Detlef Kühl, the original founder of, of the event in Roth. Uh, it was it was amazing and to see the growth and development of it and the way the community own mm. um and, and and lead the whole things is just just pretty spectacular and, and at the end of the day this was the foundation for for challenge family which just clearly defined what are the values uh and what's the value proposition of challenge uh, and uh, and um, developed based on that uh, the challenge family global in a global scale mm, it really is a uh... You know, at the core, when I think challenge family, you know, my first thought 
is Challenge Roth. Uh, obviously, you know, you've got 30 plus events around the world or more, 35, 36, I don't know. I've, I've, I was losing count. Um, but I, I, I'm really curious. I've always, you know, Challenge Roth has been around a long, long time. It's one of the sort of the original long, long distant triathlon events. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just... Laura went and did it. You know, my wife, Laura, she went and did it one year. Yeah. I'm so envious I that I never managed to get there and do it myself. I, I must admit, I kind of did one Ironman in Melbourne and then I did Kona and then it was just, oh, it's not my thing. Greg, 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 let, let's make it simple. Take it as a personal invitation just to finish the business. It's after a finished business. It's something that's locked <laughs> in your CV. So we just we just nail it down. Just let me know when, uh, next year or year after, and we get you there. I tell you what, I'm going to need a several years now. I hate to admit, Sibi, but 2016 was my last year of racing. And for me, even doing a decent 5K, I, look, I thank you so much for the invitation. And I tell you what, I'm going to pencil it in. Man, me getting through an Ironman now? Okay. All right. But I tell you what, if there's any event I would want to come back for, I'm telling you, and this is not just because you're on my show and I'm talking to you, if there was one event that I was to say, okay, I'm going to give triathlon one more go around and, you know, and just get through it, obviously, there'd be no record set, but it would be Challenge Roth. Without a, without a doubt. Um, it is the one. It's a magic place. I think this is where people, are, and I truly believe COVID just open eyes to how critical are in our lives the untangible assets mm. being taken care of. Uh, and, and this is what you're experiencing, Rob. And I remember to talk to actually Peter Henning. He told something to me, which which was kind of a wake-up call. He said, Zibi, you know, the greatest assets of Challenge Family, the global scale is there is some nothing negative about Challenge Family. Mm. Uh, if you talk to industry, media, pro athletes, age groupers, local communities, everyone has something good to say. And, you know, whenever I'm standing in front of the race directors across the globe, I'm telling them always a very simple thing. You know, we have our values, ethics, and morals we need, we need to follow. But please remain always within a very simple state. Treat others as you would like to be treated. Mm. Very simple thing. Mm. And, yeah. and I think you really feel it. Uh, that this is this is uh, something what's what, what what its core of of, of challenge family and and road of course you know the course is amazing the spectators are amazing this is the biggest uh, uh, triathlon expo in the world with 200 exhibitors uh, the, the environment is just just, just magic as I have said mm. I, I, yeah it's it's fascinating to see I'm curious what what are you you know you've mentioned challenge families values and, and and vision what 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 is the vision or mission statement or you know what is the at the core of who you are as a company i mean i want to get into you personally in a moment but you've mentioned that right, a couple right. of times and I'm, I'm curious what is it well for, first of all i think we have learned over the time that uh, to sustain in the in the uh, mass participation sport mm. you have to care about what you do you know we are we are entering to uh, communities and we are interfering the daily life of the people with our events so to us it is first of all very critical that we have a race director which is rooted locally who understand the dynamic of the mm. of the region of the area and so on and so on and, and and is connected to the clubs and all of those things which are 
helpful to organize events. That's the first thing. Second thing, I think we undergo a, a transformation where challenge used to be focused on the long distance and middle distance only. And we are right now more like a triathlon festival company where you have mm. a number of side events and you still middle and long distance are icing on the cake. But but the the, 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 the side events, you know, kids, juniors, women's only relays, it, it's bringing, bringing the, the community together. Mm. And next thing is, you know, all of our services we use to deliver um, the event are local. We are leaving long and lasting legacy mm. on the one end, and of course, economic value also to the to the people on the on the ground. So I think this is this is the, the, the most critical thing. And as you can imagine, we are talking to uh, governmental institutions, to tourism boards, and whenever you tell them exactly this story. They immediately getting the point that this is something what is what is uh, lasting, and it's not uh, you know in and out. Mm. Uh, and, and luckily, we are in a position to to grow nicely and, and kicking back very strongly after 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 COVID. Mm. Uh, we haven't let go a single person during the COVID times. We had to you know really struggle like and fight like everyone in the in mass participation sports, but we have been. Very privileged that all of partners of Challenge Family, all sponsors of Challenge Family, remain on on, on board, and, and I think this just reflect uh, amazingly on the team and the entire team. And if there is that one single thing, what I would mention about Challenge Family, what what I'm most proud of, then I would say the team, the people who yeah. are core yeah. of the of the Challenge Family and core people or a core team of challenge family and our race directors you know we're having once or twice a year a race director meeting where we bring all of the race directors together and it's just just amazing to spend time with those people mm, i love that zuby i mean you you've talked about the race directors a couple of times there and understanding that they need to be you know local and understand their communities i think that's that's really fantastic i also i love that our sport is takes on this festival approach um i think for too long you know for many many decades it was kind of all about the one athlete getting ready for the big race and the family all waiting by the sidelines and had nothing to do for the whole weekend and i think that festival atmosphere um for me it was always going back to say the noosa triathlon festival in australia which you know we'd go for a week of events and, and it was a good party at the end of it and everything else and to me that's exactly what challenge family are all about and i i think that's really commendable and when you talk about your team well honestly mate it starts at the top i think you know they've got a great leader like yourself that's been involved for so so long and and i can imagine that you're somebody that people enjoy working for um so congrats on everything you're doing there i know a, a number of your team and they're all exceptional people um Thanks. so con congrats with that you. mate i uh, let, let's let's just shift gear a little bit and um you know, talk about your journey, um, the early days, you know, I, I'm, I, I need to know the story of <laughs> how you kind of, you know, from what I understand, and maybe I'm getting misquoted here, but, you know, escaping from behind the Iron Curtain, how, how did that kind of shape your path? Well, actually, I was born in Poland, um, in the southwest of Poland, which used to be German part. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to school, uh, 
and my A levels, uh, and was uh, moving uh, in with my with my sporting career in biathlon. You know, biathlon, mm-hmm. cross country skiing and shooting, which is huge in Germany, uh, second most popular sports. And I was advancing between the national teams, got into uh, qualification for the Olympics, and then got a. Uh, Quite a dispute with the uh, with the uh, federation, and it was wasn't uh, related to sport. It was more on a political level, as, yeah. as you can imagine. Before the Iron Curtain fall, um, it was a lot of uh, things, unwritten rules and regulation you shouldn't stretch. And I stretched few of those, meeting with other people from nations we shouldn't meet, and things like that. Oh wow! And okay. They, wanted to put me in front of a kind of a, a sport um, court. Uh, and, and I said, guys, I'm, I'm not returning to Poland and, and escape actually during races in Germany. And um, I was actually on a way to move to to US, uh, to, to Lake Placid, um, <laughs> to US uh, Biathlon Center. But unfortunately, the whole case became loud in a German media, on TV and stuff like that, you know, escape and, and they, they uh, have a, a police search on me because I was disappearing from the, from the oh, um, place where the national team was. And um, this is how, how my life started uh, from scratch new in Germany at the age of, uh, of 20, 21. And, and it was quite a, quite a right. Uh, you know, when I, when I have a, time to explain people a bit more about the whole um, journey everyone is saying hey you have to write a book and one day probably i should because there is so many things what happen around this time uh where people would be probably very interested to uh to read about it um, well you got to give us a bit more you got to give me because now <laughs> I, I i can talk triathlon all day and challenge all day with you i know i know and and so can my listeners but you got to give us a bit more mate so you're you're on the when you escaped to Germany, they were trying to track you down. Were you in hiding, or, or? yeah, yeah, yeah? Actually, I was on the competition uh, in, in uh, on the races in, in Germany. So we did like a, a loop of World Cup races in uh, Austria, um, Italy, and Germany. And during the German stay, well, actually during the Italian stay, I had a dispute with the federation. And during the German state, I make the decision to 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 stay, uh, to leave yeah. the national team. So I will literally pack my backpack, pair of skis uh, and poles, uh, and left the hotel without telling anyone anything. And they started a search. And, you know, they started to do the search on radio and on, on TV. And I actually uh, kind of arranged the whole thing with uh, with our friends from U.S. and the German team. Interestingly, the, the story is really special the, the guy who i talked to was an um, american guy with a russian background mm. uh, so i talked to him in russian he was translating to english and talking english with a german guy from the national team and and they got me into a hut in the mountains for a couple of days hiding there until the whole thing um, quieted down a bit and uh, and yeah it was, uh, it was pretty <laughs> Rough, mate. Pretty rough. And and then so after a period of time, they kind of you were able to come out of hiding a little bit and get yourself going. Um, yeah, it, it took a while. It took a while. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, my parents haven't heard a word from me. I haven't heard a word wow. from them. Uh, you know, the phones were uh, you know always um, controlled and and uh, any 
post I have sent or letters was disappear. I, I saw my 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 mother and a father uh, after I think it was after six years or something like that. Wow! And 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 and, and, and this was also a crazy thing. So literally, I went um, with a friend of mine who was picking me up and, and kind of guiding through two borders. We had to cross the German-Czech border and Czech-Polish border through the woods. So we kind of planned the whole thing, not not being feasible because you know I was really afraid that they will they will bring me to jail more or less. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, you know, in the, in the Polish media, they they expose me as the the, the uh, bad guy and you know all of those uh, crazy things and um, yeah, that's kind of a wild ride, so okay. to say. But you know, life starts with from 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 scratch. I have started to learn German and English in Germany and uh, start start to studying. I was thinking to become actually a a coach, so I did all the coaching education. Uh, uh, with all the licenses and a study in Cologne, which provided me a degree, and was just about to take a role within the German Federation, and then met a friend of mine um, who said, "You know, let's start with power bar from 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 zero." And it was it was also interesting because at this point of time, we haven't building the brand only power bar, but, but we built the category of sport nutrition. There was no sport nutrition out there. Uh, and so we kind of uh, have been the pioneers of the category. The thing. You're like yeah. Red Red Bull were to energy drinks was power bar to exactly. sports nutrition. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Zibi, this is fascinating, mate. And I, uh, I think we're going to have to keep talking even more about this whole, you know, it's funny, I can know somebody for 10 to 15 years and actually not know this full <laughs> story. But I, I do want to hang on it just a little bit more. So if yeah. you and your racing then, so you were representing Poland did you then go over and represent Germany? Well, actually, I have been trying for probably three years to switch the, the nationality and become a member of the German national team. Unfortunately, the political situation have been very complicated. And on top of that, the International Federation, IBU, uh, had a certain limitation at this point of time. So when you were representing within World Cup or World mm. Championships or Olympic Games, one nation, you had a kind of a time frame where yes. you couldn't switch the nation. Yes. Uh, without very clear permission of your uh, root nation. And of course, the Polish na- uh, uh, Polish uh, Federation said, absolutely no, they have done anything humanly possible to... Mm. to uh, help me to end up my career. And yeah, then, then I just stopped uh, with biathlon because uh, it was very, very complicated. You know, you need a rifle, you need all of the permission to carry rifle and all of those things. Mm. And uh, moved into cross-country skiing slash winter triathlon. So I was racing um, ski marathons across the globe, ah. uh, world lopet uh, stuff. And, and uh, winter triathlon just pop up. It was around 98. 1999, 2000, uh-huh. extremely fast growing. It was just about to become Olympic uh, discipline in t- 2006. We, we, we were uh, doing the world championships in Italy on the courses where the Olympics uh, Torino took place 2006. But, but and this is, this is a real shame for the, for the sport, um, there was a dispute between um, the Ski Federation and Triathlon Federation 
where the sport belongs. Is it a triathlon or is it a winter sport? <laughs> oh, and no. IOC, who was visiting the, the races, and they were amazed. You know, they, were, they were world champions from um, uh, mountain biking, from cross-country skiing, from Nordic combined, switching to the sport. So it was really fast growing. We had a fantastic events in Germany with 10,000 spectators, really, really all of your sport and stuff like that. And IOC uh, was very interested, but they just said, you know, guys, you, you can debate and we need to move ahead. Uh, we cannot uh, oh, stick man. there. And, uh, yeah. and then that was kind of and, yeah, bad for the sport. But because it's a really spectacular sport. It's, it's, it's connecting uh, run, mountain bike on snow and cross-country skiing. That's so awesome. Great yeah. stuff. You have two uh, um, uh, transitions, uh, very intense, uh, everything on snow because uh, the rule of the Winter Olympic Games, it has to be on snow or ice, huh. uh, any of the sports. Uh, spectacular. Uh, it was good fun and uh, enjoyed it next to next to my my job with Alba and, and then family life. Oh, I love it, buddy. Uh, yeah, I've I've known about winter triathlon. I've I've got to say, I'm I'm terrible at anything to do with winter, um, especially <laughs> skiing. I've, I have mountain biked in the snow, and that is not easy. I feel like yeah. <laughs> you get bogged down. But um, you're fascinating that they haven't been able to make that happen because what an exceptional sport i i do feel even though i'm mad about triathlon i do feel that perhaps the ski federations should probably own it you know i I think and and, you know i was i was actually part of the athletes commission at this point of time Mm. and and at this point of time the president of itu was les mcdonald of course and i was uh, sitting with those guys with uh, um, um fis with the ski federation with the ioc guys we have had a really good discussion they were really willing but there was like you know no way we have to own no way we have to own yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. ioc said okay you you have your dispute and we move ahead yeah we don't need this <laughs> oh that's a shame yeah. well still maybe there's still potential for it in the future um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, maybe because yeah, I, I think it sounds like an outstanding sport. Let, let, let's shift gear again. I want to go into this Power Bar Europe. So, what was the, when your friend came to you with this Power Bar concept in Europe, what year was that? And how far along was Power Bar in the US pre this? I think Power Bar in the US was probably something around three, four, five years. I don't know. Just, just yeah. pretty early stage. Very early. Yeah. Uh, the, the founder, Brian Maxwell, was a world-class marathon runner mm-hmm. and uh, his uh, wife, uh, Jennifer, who's, by the way, now came back to uh, to energy bar uh, business with Jumper, crazy, after 20-something years. So they found the, the company brand in Berkeley, in California, and um, we brought the first power bars, more or less, uh, in the in the back. Steven, who was my, my, my partner at this point of time, uh, was the, the the lead guy, and uh, we started uh, from scratch building. What year was distribution. that? Distribution. What year Sorry? was that? What year was that, Zibi? I, I think it must be somewhere around ninety five, ninety four, something, something like that. I just don't know exactly, but it was a cool, extremely cool time. Um, it was you know exploring about. Uh, everything you know distribution marketing communication brand uh, <laughs> we were we were like you know full steam ahead every penny we earned we, inve- we invested in the in the brand in the company and was like really really pioneering uh, the whole uh, category and then 
Brian Maxwell, uh, the owner, came to us and said, "Hey guys, um, you're doing extremely good job in Germany." And after after that, we we uh, were also having the distribution rights for Austria and Switzerland. And he said, "Okay, let's build um, Power by Europe together." So we yeah. have found uh, Power by Europe. Um, I was running the marketing. Stephen was more on the sales side, and we ran this jointly for a couple of years, and then. Power Bar was taking over by Nestlé. Yes, big, that was a big purchase. Uh, I remember created, that. Mm. Exactly, exactly. Uh, they created a division uh, called Performance Nutrition. And uh, I was uh, as an employee for a number of years uh, with a global uh, brand and sports marketing responsibility and then moved into a consultancy role for another six or seven years running uh, global assets, so to say. I mean, um, Nestlé had this performance division, and this had been split between continents um, or between regions. Mm-hmm. And anything what was kind of um, uh, above the region, like you know, Olympics, Tour de France, yes, yes, uh, yes, big athletes like Heilige Brasilasi, like all the other, you name it. So cool. This was something what I kind of um, cap- capture, uh, mm-hmm. manage the contractual relationships. And manage uh, the rights and an obligation portfolio, and, and, and create proposals and ideas for the continental group to, uh, to execute. And wow. funny story—it's a really another funny story. One of the contracts what I have managed uh, from scratch from day one was contract between Power Bar and Ironman. <laughs> That's amazing. And this was. And I have to say, it was amazing to work with those people. Yes, uh, or you know, of the original group, uh, Ben Fertig, Andy Jankola, Andy uh, uh, Bill Potts, and, and, and so forth and so on. Great people. Yes, and it was really a situation where we Power Bar kind of uh, teach Ironman how to pull global contracts together in a diversified world where they own few events when they. Uh, had a couple of licenses across the globe, you know. So, so we we kind of draft the first contract. We have been the first global partner for uh, for, for Ironman, and, uh, and that went for quite a while. Good. I think the Powerball yeah, brand was, and Ironman was synonymous for yeah. over a decade, right? At least it was a yeah. long time. It, well, it, it was exactly seven seven years. Seven, seven years, years seven years. Seven years. And yeah. then, and then the next contractual extension was also. Uh, on my desk, I was trying really hard, but the new people involved. <laughs> oh Jesus! This was this was a nightmare to talk to them. Oh. It was a nightmare. It was like, wow, this is this is different world. This is, uh, zero love for the sport or, or understanding. Or it whatever. was all corporate. It was yeah. just yeah. pure money, and you know, I, I, I don't want to comment on that. But uh, you know, do you know any private equity in the world? Who is having a different objectives than maximizing profit? Mm. No. So why would you expect something different mm. from, from from those guys? So, but whatever. I I think it was a very very interesting time and uh, see the development of the sport. Also, you know, with PTO, what's 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 uh, interestingly also a good story behind uh, behind that. Um, uh, what's happening with the sport in the last couple of years is just amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. It, look, I want to touch on all of that. Um, I, I do have one more question with Power Bar and, and you, yeah, yeah, yeah. and going right back to the beginning. I'm, I'm fascinated by who was your original target audience when you brought Power Bar to Germany 
first and then Europe? Was it always endurance sport, triathlon? Were you looking at winter sport? What, who was the specific audience you targeted early on? Yeah, definitely endurance sports because mm-hmm. we knew that, that you know, in, by now everyone understood that um, uh, nutrition is a fourth discipline of triathlon. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 it's easy. <laughs> everyone get the point. At, though, at this point of time, it was all about educating people. And we knew, you know, the longer you exercise, the more intake of energy during the exercise you need. So it was kind of obvious we, we were in, 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 uh, involved in uh, cross-country skiing, in running, in triathlon, yes. deep dive. Uh, and, and, and this was kind of a, a natural field. And over the time, it swapped over to to uh, team sports and, and and all other sports across the globe. Yeah, well, well done with all of that, mate. And you obviously learned a hell of a lot. Um, but then, challenge family. Um, obviously, we're I think looking for a CEO. Is that were you headhunted? How did this happen? Mm-hmm. This was back what twenty eleven was it twenty ten? How did you yeah, get involved with them? Twenty. 12, 13, 11, something like that. I, I'm, I'm really sorry not to be precise with the dates. That's all right. I've got you. I, I looked at your LinkedIn and I think it said you've been with them since February 2011. So, all oh, right. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I've done home, more homework on yourself than you know about yourself yet. <laughs> I have been, been close to Challenge North through our sponsorship of the event for, for many years. Oh, of and course. Then, yeah. Uh, as I have said, with the, with the uh, um, consulting role. Um, uh, when I moved from from employment to consulting, I was doing also a business development projects for for sports uh, brands and companies. Okay, and uh, got together with Felix, and uh, Felix um, more or less said to me, "Hey, Zibi, you do this consulting for other brands. What about to have a look at Challenge? Because we are kind of with Challenge World in a place where we have you know." couple of requests from from uh, other countries but we don't want to kind of move ahead somewhere where you don't know how the things will evolve so can you can you have a look at it and i said yeah absolutely so so we we agreed on a, on a project brief mm-hmm. and then i went out uh, spent three months talking with uh, you know fu- future projection agencies with with uh, different key uh, players in the mass participation sports and pulled together a proposal which was more or less, you know, either you, you, you go full steam ahead with a brand which is which is appealing globally, mm-hmm. or you just remain as you are in the world and, 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 and focusing on that. Mm-hmm. And then got a couple of um, uh, weeks later, I called and, and uh, Felix said, Zibi, we really love what you presented. Uh, we would love you to take over the leadership of the execution of the project as a, as a, as a or execution of the whole concept as a CEO of of, of the new company (laughs) set up for that. And I actually said no. I bet you did. It's kind of like, what? Hang on. (laughs) At first. I actually said no. And I said, um, well, you know, at this point of time, I was with with, uh, performance nutrition, Mm -hmm. with Nestle. I was managing Michael and Andreas Relet. I was involved in so many amazing things was just like really limited in uh, resources. I said, the only thing that could envision if, if we build together the brand. So where, where we are becoming all equity owner, starting from scratch, starting from you. And, and this is how we, how we agreed. And, and we started, I think we registered Challenge Family as a company 
2013, I think so. Mm-hmm. Again, maybe on the link or, the, or, or somewhere else. <laughs> I can't help you right now. Give me a chance. Hang on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and then and then um, yeah, we we, we were uh, two uh, CEOs, Felix and I. And after around two years, uh, Felix and 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 uh, Alice and and Katrin just came to me and said, "Zivi, we we really want to." go back to work and focus on the work. So um, this is where I just became solely, solely mm. uh, responsible um, CEO for the for the growth of the change family in the global scale. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we, you know, the tides are great still. We are good friends and uh, Challenge World is a vital part of Challenge Family. And I think it was, it was a good decision for everyone involved. That's awesome. I, you mentioned uh, equity. Um, and everyone taking ownership. How did that? How did you make that happen? So, do you have when when you say equity and ownership? Are you, who 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 gets the ownership? Are you talking about race directors or part owners of Challenge Family if they come on board, or how does that all work? Well, I mean, you have to differentiate between between the global brand mm. and the local events. So, the business model of Challenge Family, so to say, is a quite diversified. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a number of events what we are owning 100% Challenge Family is owning those events 100% we have a number of events where Challenge Family is carrying equity in those events okay so okay 15 and 50% and they are very very few licensors or li- licensing events this was also a consequence in our business model because as you may remember uh Ironman have been stealing races of Challenge Family out of existing contracts. I think it was six or seven, you mm. know, Vichy, Barcelona, uh, Kreisgau, uh, what else, um, Copenhagen. Those have been races where Challenge Family have been built from scratch. And then um, yeah, Ironman went to the race director and say, hey, uh, guys, uh, we give you extra um, money. And we know what, 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 what you are uh, event is worth. We give you some some extra next to that. We take all of the legal uh, risks, mm. and um, you um, become whatever within our organization. And a few uh, of the races jump the fence. Mm. So we said we have to change this, and this is why in majority of the events we, we are holding equity, and and we are not getting involved into operational execution uh, of the event too much on, on demand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. more sometimes less yes but we have a the most decisive say if it's uh, ownership change mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. this is kind of stops this you, whole you, ha- you had to come up well done i mean you have to do something yeah. right i mean you have to put uh, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was it was really really painful time i bet but you know what doesn't kill us may have stronger, and um, the, the only races what we are what we are not carrying equity ownership uh, equity um, are uh, licensed races where our contractual party is governmental institution. Mm. So, for example, Challenge Pagera Mallorca, our contractual partner is um, the region of Calvia and city of Pagera, and and this is completely different thing because you cannot co-own. A company with a governmental institution. Right, gotcha. 
No, I think it's a really smart move and, and well done on that. You know, I, for me personally, you know, my, my focus was always sort of the big Olympic distance races in the U S and, um, uh, you know, when Ironman decided to start buying up all the Olympic distance races and tagging them 51 fifties and, and then all of a sudden the events disappeared, you know, it was, they couldn't bought them up and then sort of spit them out if you like. And, and that was really sad. And, and, uh, especially for the, the professionals that were looking for something that wasn't ITU, that wasn't long course triathlon. And they, you know, my heart of all, my number one type of distance and favorite triathlon of all time is always the Olympic non-distance triathlon, uh, non-drafting triathlon. Um, yeah, right. always my favorite. And to see that kind of series sort of disappear. And I think the way it kind of went was because of what happened with Ironman kind of just purchasing the events and then saying, and then going, oh no, we don't want to do a 5150 anymore. It was like, what, yeah. <laughs> what happened to our series? You know, uh, it was really sad. And you know, don't take me wrong. I, I have huge respect for the brand of Ironman. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have a lot of respect how the, the brand has been managed. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, we, we should not forget we are all part of the ecosystem. hundred percent. And, and uh, you know, when we are entering a new country or new region, uh, then, then the first thing what we are doing, we are checking, okay, what, what kind of races are in a, in a region? We don't want to interfere. We don't want to kill anyone. We mm-hmm. don't want to mm-hmm. disturb. We want to add value. Mm. Uh, you know, and I'm also saying this constantly to our races across the globe. If you call yourself challenge family, and family means something in every language. Then you have to behave so, mm-hmm. and you can dispute if it's wise or not wise. It's a business oriented. It's a hardcore business or not. On the end of the day, this is what we represent, and 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 I truly believe that that this is the biggest strength of our brand across the globe. Mm-hmm. And we behave in a way that we we are we are you know all of our races are executed according to the rules and regulations of the national federation we are closely working with the world triathlon with european triathlon union with national federations we are hosting a number of uh, continental and national uh, championships within challenge family races we have very close ties with with uh, pto and we support the professional athletes as you know forever uh, we have been the founding partner of the pto that's right yes uh, yes let's shift into that so, gear i want you to tell me more about that because you know that was Oh, almost 10 years ago, I remember a challenge right. in, in, in Bahrain and there was the whole, right. it was called the PTU back then, I think, Professional Triathlon right, right. Union. Um, yeah. yeah. Actually, this was this was kind of a, a crucial thing for also for, for, for race organizers. Uh, we had this race um, uh, where we had like top 50, top 80 professional athletes on the start line, all of the best of the best. I think mm. the prize money was a couple of, hundred thousands it was like out of space at this point of time this was like wow the biggest greatest triathlon in a, in a in a history by the way i truly believe from the quality perspective from the uh, media content perspective from the broadcasting perspective from the experience perspective this was this was <laughs> unbelievable maybe one of the best ever yeah 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 and and we had this you know uh, it was i think the winner uh, was cashing down around 100 or 150,000 US dollars, but a lot of money at this point of time. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and, you know, there were professional athletes coming uh, to us and, and commenting, you know, you know, about the rules and regulation, how do you do this, how do you do this. There was some uh, wind pro- pro- weather, uh, windy weather coming in, some rain and stuff like that. I was like, guys, this is, this is great and we love you. We really would love to make every one of you happy. And during the uh, pro athletes briefing, uh, I was on the stage and, and, and I said, guys, we really admire you, what you do. You know, we are always helpful and, and we want to uh, get an event which is setting uh, the bar for, for the future, benchmark for the future, setting uh, something extraordinary. But you, you, we need your united voice. We cannot talk to everyone or small groups. We mm-hmm. need a united voice. So after the briefing, I, I, I made my speech and I said, guys, I'm closing the door. Stay in the room for an hour or two or whatever needed and came with something what represents you, what we can talk to. And this, is, this was the birth uh, place of PTU, which was later transferred to pto mm-hmm. and uh, i was you know supporting this personally over, over the, the, the the early stages and and, and uh, difficult times to get uh, uh, to fruition and uh, yeah, i think what's is right now is changing the entire spot it's it's amazing where it's going to i think um you know, it's great for you to give me that recap. I feel like I was around the sport for 25 years. Um, the amount of times I saw an attempt at creating a professional athlete voice, uh, whether it would be called a union, an association, an organization, whatever it was, and it was always so hard to get a collective. It's, um, you know, and, and, and I feel with you and your voice early on there, it was really the catalyst to really start everybody start talking and getting onto the same page. Um, and yes, where, where the PTO is gone now, um, you know, Sam Renouf and his team are doing a, a great yeah. job. They're not perfect and there's no such thing as perfect, but what they're attempting to do, I think they're really driving it forward. They've had some great um, funding rounds, which has been tremendous for them. It's allowed them to really try and push hard the brand out into the world um i know the professional athletes are loving it right now and you know personally as a huge fan of the sport like you i i want to see it successful i truly do i uh you know i i help them out there for a while with a little bit of commentary work and that kind of thing but i think it's it's still got a ways to go but i think it's been a real to see where it is now compared to even 2015 2016 when you're talking about it's pretty great to see I, I think this is by far the best time to be a professional athlete. Oh, hundred uh, percent. This is now. <laughs> you, you have all of those things which are changing so fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I, the 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 guy who was so determined to make it happen. Uh, I think you met him, uh, Charles Adamo. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, he was he was uh, leaving the board of the PTO. I was sitting on the board for a number of years. And, you know, we, we had a number of meetings and discussions and back and forth mm-hmm. and to deliver the first Collins Cup at um, uh, an unbelievable venue of uh, mm-hmm. uh, Expionic Sphere in, in, in uh, Samarin. Samarin was, mm-hmm. uh, I, mm-hmm. I was so fulfilling. And uh, Sam running the company uh, for the last years. And now with Chris as, uh, Chris as the, as the 
board um, president of the board of uh, PTO or chairman of the board. Uh, well, yeah. you have most experienced team, and uh, I, I think uh, for the for the professional athletes, also based on the experience of the past. That, that, that's how I, I would uh, I would say it wasn't you know love on, an, on at, at, at the first look. It took took a while, but I think by now everyone recognized this is huge platform. The partners, sponsors, the broadcasting is amazing and getting better and better every time. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, Roma haven't been built on one day. It no, takes exactly. time. Exactly. It takes a while. And I think what's, what's been achieved uh, by, by, by uh, Sam, Chris, uh, Charles, within, and, and the entire team within a short period of time, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is yeah. unbelievable. And, 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 and I think we will recognize this only in a couple of years from now. Mm. Uh, but, you know, think about ATP in tennis or PGA in golf. has uh, to start somewhere. has to start somewhere. And, right. and a big shout-out while we're doing – well, we're doing shout-outs to, you know, Sir Michael Moritz, um, you know, who wow. was – who wow. I think has just left as one of the big key partners at Sequoia Venture Capitalist. But, uh, but I think this comes from his own investment and uh, just – Tremendous shout out to him. Obviously, he wants to see it grow and turn in. He's not just spending his money in a, <laughs> as a charity. Um, he obviously believes in it, and I and I think that's massive for the person writing the check in the background. And and look, the PTO have a lot to live up to. You know, it's uh, right. it's uh, there's a lot of pressure on the whole Sam and the whole team, and and I think they're handling it well. I really do think, like you said, the quality of the racing and the broadcasts and what we're seeing and. The professional athlete commitment uh, to these events. I just think it's, um, yeah, I'm excited. Like you said, I think it's a great time to be a professional triathlete. I think yeah. um, between Super League, Challenge Family Races, the PTO, and of course Ironman and, and the World Triathlon Series, there's plenty there. Um, right. And if you're struggling right now, I think you got to ask yourself, actually, you really if this is really your talent, <laughs> I think yeah. it's not, you should be I, able to, yeah, you know, I don't mean to be a, an ass about it, but. <laughs> as, as, as a professional athlete, and I had the privilege to work with many, many professional athletes, world champions, Olympic champions, yeah. many different sports. It's so easy to get sidelined. You, you are, you are, you are so focused on what are you doing. Sometimes, um, you know, I, I know it may uh, sound very harsh, but sometimes when there's, too much blood in the muscles while, while you exercise. It's maybe the thinking is not as fast as it should be. Mm. Uh, but but you know if you if you have the ability to to take a step back and look at at, at, at the opportunities what you are having right now as a professional athlete, mm. this, this is out of space. It's out of space. It's out of space. Amazing. I know, and I love it. I love it. You know, I have so many of these professional triathletes on my on my show, and I think all of them are committed to trying to you know have a really successful career um you know right. I, I love watching someone like an ashley gentle who i i'm going to take a little credit for this <laughs> she was on my show and then we were talking afterwards and she's like oh greg do i keep pursuing the olympic thing we're still up in the air and i'm like ash stop go go and start going into this you know middle distance racing and and just to watch her having the unbelievable life-changing experiences to be winning these PTO events at hundred grand a pop. And when she's not winning, she's second. It's, it's 
tremendous to see. And, um, you know, there's just Ben Canute. There's a whole bunch of athletes I'm watching that yeah. are just having yeah. successful careers, providing for their families now, like more than ever before. And I think it's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, you know, uh, we have unbelievable characters in our in our. Oh, sport. we do. We do. The, yeah. the athletes. Yeah. So in the athletic performance, it's, it's, it's just out of oh. pace to, to, to understand <laughs> for an, an average job. But then they are also great human beings. Yes. I think, I think the hard life of a triathlete uh, where you have to uh, be so determined, where you have to spend so many hours, you have to, mm-hmm. have to work, mm-hmm. work your ass off to, 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 to perform and to improve, make people so kind and nice. I think they are, so. They are unbelievable characters. They it teaches really, you humility, really nice doesn't people. it? I think, I, absolutely. I, I feel like this sport just, if you come in being an arrogant shit, is going to slap you down pretty quickly. You're going to, you're going to learn a lot of humility pretty fast. And, and this is yeah. why I do, I agree with you. I think everybody that I've met in our sport is very hard to meet a bad person in our sport because I think everybody's been slapped around so much that they all end up being great human beings. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I, I, I traveled to the PTO um, US Open in Milwaukee with, with Freddie Funk, uh, who mm-hmm. I uh, I'm mentoring, managing, helping to draft the future together with his coach, uh, uh, Dan Loring. And, uh, you know, we wish, went with Ash uh, Gentle and uh, uh, he, her husband, Josh and others for our dinner. And uh, we spent time with Jan uh, and uh, had a chat with, with, with others. It's just really, really a cool, cool group of people. Yeah. No, I, I look, I, I shout, shout out to them all. I've had so many of them on my show, every single one of them. I've just loved every conversation. The, the professional triathletes in our sport really are special people. The amateurs, uh, as you and I both know, they make our sport. Um, so always yeah. a big shout out to them. I always say, you know, I got into the they sport. Are ro- ro- role models for the age groupers. They, they, yeah. You know, how many yeah. sports do you have where you can line up together with the professionals? Yeah. Not yeah. many, right? Not many. But, you, you are sidelined, you are outside of the ropes, and in triathlon, they're just spending the time together with, with those guys, and, and, and you are crossing the same start and same finish line. And that's, that's very special. And everybody goes to hell and back together and then you all share your war stories at the end of it. For me, that's just like, that's what the sport is all about. Hey, let's, um, tell me about, you know, when, when you look at the challenge family, you know, reflecting on now over 21 years, um, are there some big moments in that 21 years that, you know, you can look back on, I mean, I know you weren't there for all 21, but I think you still have a pretty good understanding. Have there been some really major milestones in that time um and then the second part to that question is you know what are some of the big milestones you have you know for the future what's in the pipeline for challenge family well you know as, as, as always in the development of a brand and a company you have milestones uh, you have objectives you have uh, vision uh, you have mission you have all of those great things i think to me it was hell of a ride i enjoyed this Amazingly, what I enjoy probably the most is to be at the finish line, welcoming the pros, but also the age group person. Listen to the stories. Everyone is having a story. Everyone's it's, got a story. You know, yeah, everyone's got exactly. a story. And, and you yeah. know, you know, uh, we are privileged as a challenge family, as an event company. We are privileged to manage free tra- free time and hobby, with the exception of the professionals, 
of, of the people. Mm -hmm. how, how amazing is that? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. How cool is this? This is out of space that we are privileged to manage their free time. Mm. And this is this is you know uh, kind of a responsibility, and we try to to make uh, the best of this. I wouldn't mention a, a milestone or what we have been achieved. I think the whole development we are very very proud of. Mm. As I have said, I'm most of uh, all proud of the of the team, and you know looking forward to the next stages, uh, next three to five years. I think. I have mentioned this transformation from uh, you know long distance brand or company to a more festival Love focus, that. Love focus that. on the local communities uh, and, and and delivering platforms for any ages, genders, nation, nationalities. Uh, that's that's where we want to want to go. I love we want it, to be a, a quality leader mm -hmm. and uh, grow on a on a steady pace uh, with a with a uh, control um, control uh, quality orientated uh, approach that's probably how I would uh, describe it there is you know not a number you written you know in year 2026 we want to have 73 events or whatever that, no we, we really uh, truly believe that there is a space out there that we see a dramatic increase of requests from Venues, location, communities, cities, governmental institutions, tourism boards, federations, approaching us to to bring uh, challenge to, to to the countries, and and uh, we evaluating those. We have a process we are running through. It takes usually between eighteen and, and twenty four months. Um, wow! Uh, and you know, step by step, uh, growing uh, the brand of the company. Wow! Yeah, that that's it's quite a process. Um, yeah. So yeah, we have you know we have those connecting or, or bonding elements for all of our events. So all our, our events having the same number of qualification slots for the championship, and all of our events are contributing to the world bonus, mm -hmm. with, uh, which we are uh, you know professional athletes collecting points, and we are paying an end of the year uh, a significant amount to the top five uh, male and female. And many of the athletes, of the professional professional athletes, plan the year around those events. So it's a kind of a mm. uh, work in progress. Would you, um, you know, being your involvement, you know, with the PTO, um, would you ever want to secure some events with the PTO? Is that something you'd be? I know, I know at Samarin, you know, there was a rate you did the the challenge race the day after. Um, the PTO race, but would that be a partnership that you'd like to keep exploring? Oh, absolutely, mm. absolutely, hundred percent. And you know, our team members have been providing services to PTO at different other locations, mm -hmm. uh, and, and we we are absolutely in favor of of, of uh, the growing process and uh, uh, supporting the development of, of, of PTO moving forward and. We are in a constant dialogue uh, with uh, with the PTO uh, leadership team, and yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's brilliant. Explore option opportunities. How can we jointly go and mm -hmm. sport on a global scale? Very cool, mate. Well, I'm excited for for you and the challenge family. Um, before we go, I have a few. I want to start with just some opinions. Then I want to sort of go through a couple of final questions and then some rapid fire. Um, so let's okay. quickly go through this. Question I love to ask people with your stature and understanding of the sport. Can you give me 
the greatest of all time male and female triathlete. <laughs> okay. On the male There's side, no wrong and right answers, mate. So it's just yeah, a bit of fun. On the male side, it may may surprise one other person. I will go for Sebi Kinla. And it's not only because of his sporting performance, but also who he is, mm-hmm. what he represents, his value, his morals, and he way and the way he leads the sport. Mm. Great answer. The- Love Sebi. Love Serbi, and I think that's a really great answer. I got to get him on the show before he's done. He's on his tour this year of <laughs> every every race that it's on his bucket list, and he's hitting them all out of the park. Um, but I love that as an answer, and it it did surprise me because it hasn't been ever mentioned in before. And I think it's a it's a great one. So big shout out to Serbi. Yeah, and on the on the female side, probably Chrissy Wellington. Mm-hmm. Also, next to the sporting performance, and I had to, the, the privilege to be very close to uh, Chrissy Wellington because uh, Professor Askeok and Drup is a very good friend of mine, and he was pulling together all the nutritional stuff for Chrissy, and we, we spent quite a bit of time. And I just uh, see what she's doing after her career. Uh, giving back so much to their communities and that's what's 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 really bring a lot of respect uh, for my end uh, when people are, uh, are kind of a open-minded and see the bigger picture and not only mm. and i and now and uh great sporting performance it's amazing but as i have said i was privileged to see many olympic champions many world champions and next world championships and next olympic uh, games they are new world champions and new olympic yes. champions so everything is passing cl- uh, quickly and if you are not uh, staying uh, who you are and, and, and really uh, connected to your values then then you are losing uh, the aura i love that perspective i, I think it's absolutely fantastic uh, like you, Chrissy, also big shout out. Love Chrissy Wellington, everything she did for the sport and, and, and is still doing, like you said. Um, two great choices, mate. Here, here's another one, which is a little bit more of a, a global, who do you think, who would you put as the greatest athlete of all time in all sports? You ever got one? <laughs> These are these are, these are these are great. Uh, if you ever if you ever having a dinner party and it's a little quiet, these are the kind of ones you just throw into the middle of the table and mm. everyone will debate for hours. <laughs> yeah, there were there were so many amazing people uh, yeah. uh, changing the sports, the way we are consuming sports, the way we oh. are we are watching sports. Uh, <sighs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I will somewhere go between uh, probably Michael Jordan. Um, but also, you know, I met uh, many times Heilige Brasilasi, the oh. greatest runner uh, of, of oh, history. Awesome. And, and yeah. this is unbelievable yeah. guy to spend time with. Yeah. Absolute visionary, absolute uh, great uh, human being. Uh, um, so, yeah, probably somewhere somewhere there. I love that. Haley Gabriel Celesi, mate. He got me through the late 90s, early noughties and uh, – if you ever want to, everybody want to watch a really great race, watch the 10K at the Sydney Olympics where he'd been injured and everything else with his Achilles injury and that sprint that he had with Turgat for the finish was absolutely yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was oh. out of space and oh. it's a really funny story. I just really quick, quick one. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had a, we had a photo shooting with Heilige Brasilasi in Netherlands 
the day he broke the world record 10K, where, where Kenenisa Bekele was a pacemaker uh-huh. for Haile. No way. And in the morning, uh, Haile said, well, before the shooting, we go for a little jog. <laughs> okay, I said, I'm joining you. Yeah. Coming out, we have like 26, 27 degrees uh, Celsius coming with, you know, a nice light shirt and, and shorts. And they are coming with suit track and, and hoodie and, and, uh, and beanie. And we are going like, you know, four minutes per K on a jog. They said, you know, we, we, we do like four times 200 meters to get freshness in the legs. Jesus. Be live with them doing those 200 meter sets. That's so <laughs> it cool. My, my perception of running. Yeah. The, really cool. the fact that you did that on the way on the day you broke the world record um and honestly i would put Haley gabriselesi in my top few like for me a bit going to how you described you know chrissy and sebi it wasn't just his domination of run of distance running but just the person that he was everything he's done for his country in ethiopia from what i can tell obviously i i've never met the man so i can't actually give a, a definite but he was always, always an inspiration for me um, all right. Final three questions. If you could go back, what advice would you give your 18 year old self? My 18 years old self. Aim high, go for it and power on. <laughs> that sounds like a power bar commercial. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but you know, sky is the limit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Time is flying. Yes. We, we are thinking so much about what if. Yes. But you know. Just do. <laughs> just do it. Do what you love and yeah. it'll work. It's, yeah. it's not my quotes, but 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 yes, yeah. just, just, just do it and I, aim high. I think it's great, mate. I, and I think you have. I think you've actually lived, I don't know, you can go back and tell your 18-year-old self that, but I think you've already gone and done that. Um, you, you've been truly inspiring in everything you've done. All right, next one. Three non-family people you'd love to have dinner with, living or dead, they could be. Well, obviously, they're not sitting at the dinner table dead. They're alive when they're eating. <laughs> not family people. I think I would love to talk to politicians who are decision-makers Mm. about the role of sport mm-hmm. you know we, we, we just see the whole population moving in a direction which is not not very healthy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we are we are walking our butts off the entire life not able to invest in most important thing or in thing which is giving you the biggest profit, which means your body. Your health. And mm-hmm. then we are turning 40, 50, 60, and we are spending millions or billions on medicine, on treatments oh. and a lot of things. I would love to have some sort of a discussion which is going beyond and above the, the, the things. You know, to me, COVID also was a perfect example. You know, people recognize how important is exercise. And those I'm really amazed that rarely governmental institutions said, guys, next to all of the things what we are doing, go and exercise, strengthen your mm-hmm. your immune system, and this will bring uh, treatment to our health system, so to say, because it's less sickness, less, you know, maybe a bit philosophic, but, but this is what I would really w- love to spend time with those people who are decision makers, I love changing that. the behavior. 
I think we've got to do that. Yeah, count me in, mate. Count me in on that dinner party. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think that's a great one. Um, all right. Let, last one in this group. Um, where do you see yourself? You, you've kind of talked about challenge family, but where do you see yourself in, in five years from now? Well, definitely a beach house, uh, beautiful uh, sand. Uh, <laughs> no joking. Just, just. I know. There's no way somebody like you is going to be content just sitting in a beach house on sand. No, I just, I just really love what I do. I really, yeah. really love to, what I do. I really love to um, engage with people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, the, the journey with Challenge Family. and uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying what's happening with the PTO and the development of the sport. I love to work with people like Freddie Funk, uh, amazing human being, great personality. I love to contribute to the growth of the sport in a global scale. I want to share my experience. Uh, I would love to see a mission with young, upcoming superstars where just kind of help them to draft uh, their, their future. So that's that's where, where I see myself in five years. Still exercising what I do constantly, four or five, six times a week. Good man. Um, and, and, and staying healthy. Good man. Great answer. All right, let's finish off with some rapid fire and then I'll let you go. I've taken up a, a, a lot of your afternoon. Um, but this has been really fantastic, by the way. I've thoroughly enjoyed our cat chat. Um, <laughs> no, it's so these are rapid fire. Let's see what your fast twitch fibers are like. Um, this first one could be a bit tough for you to pick, but let's give it a go. Okay. What's your favorite challenge family race location? Wow. <laughs> okay. I, I, do I have to say something, right? I will go for a challenge Kaiserwinkel Weisse in Austria. Yeah, nice. Yes. Is that one we should all go check out? Well, I, I have a flat nearby, so that's why. Oh, perfect! It's like the picturesque Heidi Land. Yes, uh, it's just, just, just yeah, it's amazing. It's gorgeous. All right, second one: beer or wine after a race? What do you prefer? Red. Red wine, nice. Yeah. What would be worse, being attacked by a bear or a shark? Mm, shark probably would be really bad. <laughs> I, I have this debate with a good friend of mine, uh, Mark Jenkins. I don't know if you remember. Well, you know Helen Jenkins does a lot of the commentary, but yeah. Mark, her husband, and I are very close, and he always says a bear and my wife says bear and Helen and I always say shark. So that's an important one to get to the bottom of. All right, most two used apps on your phone? Well, WhatsApp and uh, the weather app because <laughs> whenever I'm getting to venues and location of turn family races, well, we always – care about the athletes and care about the weather and yeah you know there are things we never compromise and there's <sighs> athlete safety and as soon as there is like some crazy stuff happening <sighs> it's unreal what you got to go through those decisions i always feel for you guys honestly yeah. um all right if you could add a fourth event to the triathlon what would it be swim bike run hmm well, I will probably move it to winter and add cross-country skiing. I love the spot. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> that means you're swimming in winter yes, too. You so, <laughs> you know, we, we have been debating with uh, uh, with uh, with uh, Sam from PTO, you know, about how can we stretch the, the PTO sport throughout the entire year and provide more yeah. opportunities. Yeah. Well, what about moving this to winter time? Doing a bit of it indoor and then uh, doing outdoor, right? Hey. I'm just joking. But, oh, well, uh, I, I love think the we idea. are in a very, very healthy space with the three disciplines. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree, but it's a good one. All right, best decade of music. It's an important one, Zibi. Mm. You you will be probably blowing away what kind of music I'm listening to. No. And I would say now, now just you know, I love what's happening on the charts. My kids are feeding my playlists on uh, different apps, and I just love uh, you know electronic music. I love techno. I love their charts. Now is the best. Oh, you're awesome. That's how old are your kids? Uh, twenty three and twenty seven. Good man. Wow. You started at the right age. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, if you will ask me in, in this in this uh, fast round, uh, the best experience of our last year, I went three times to Berlin with my wife, one weekend with both of the kids, weekend each, to different concerts of our different groups. So we went to Coldplay, we, we went to Boris Brescia, which is electronic techno music, uh-huh, uh-huh. partying with my daughter until five o'clock in the morning. And we might boy to uh, Ben Bimmer, which is kind of chill out music. Wow. <laughs> you are so hip. You are so cool. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love that, you, <clears throat> you know, you've mentioned family a couple of times in this episode too. And I, I think that's really fantastic. I, I even said to Laura yesterday, I said, I think, I think I'm going through a midlife crisis, but it's not the, op- it's the opposite of a midlife crisis. I said, I just want to spend time with you guys. I don't, I, you know, that's my, my, my crisis is that I, I want to spend all my time and my kids are five and three. So I, I, I'm like, I kind of, I kind of look at, I've got 15 years where they're with me. Um, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to miss it. So, um, enjoy every second of it. Yeah, enjoy thanks, it because it's passing by so quickly. Unbelievable. So Unbelievable. quickly. I know. Um, where are we at? Okay. Here's some qu- quick ones to finish. Coffee or tea before a race? What do you prefer? Coffee. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and by the way, I, I, I'm, I'm like, like, you know, I'm doing myself four or five challenge family races, mostly in a relay. You are. Just to see. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And experience mm. the, of course. the vibe of our event from inside. <clears throat> and, and I think like 95% of uh, triathletes are coffee junkies yes. as well. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. But, but, but by the way, I'm married to an English woman. So I'm drinking every day five to six cup of teas as well. Oh, you do the tea. <laughs> I know it. English, British. <laughs> yeah. In the events. It's funny. I don't drink tea while I'm living in the US, but as soon as I go back to Australia, I start having tea again. I mean, I still have my coffee as well, but I'm like you. <clears throat> All right. Um, Suzanne, Suzanne, my wife, can start the day without, without a tea. Wow. Good honor. I like, I, I, there's something about just having a warm cup of something. You know, I just, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, it's the absolutely. coffee culture I like and I don't always need to pick me up, but I just like to start with a warm something. All right. Last one. Greatest movie of all time. Hmm. Uh, JFK. Nice. I think that this is, this is, I, I watched this movie three or four times and I was always excited about details. I have, I have, um, I have seen and, and, and explore over the time. And mm. Forrest Gump. Oh, that's a great movie. Can I pick two? Of course you can. You can pick more than two if you want. I love that. But, I mean, look, I'm always looking for recommendations, so that, that's fantastic. But um, Zibi, what's next, mate? This has been great. What do you got coming up? What's next? Yeah, what's coming up? Well, traveling to Challenge Almer Amsterdam, that's the next big uh, for us. It's, by the way, the second oldest race in the world after Kona. Is Kona it really? was the first and the second race was Challenge Almera. Ah. Uh, you know, 
it's, it's, it's unbelievable venue. It's great community. And, um, that's my, my next. Are you traveling to a lot of the, how many of the races are you actually going to yourself? I would say between 10 and 12 a year. That's, that's something like. That's plenty. Yeah, yeah. that's plenty. That's, that's, yeah. that's a fair yeah. bit of travel. I, I love it. Really. Yeah. I can tell, mate. I, I can tell by this conversation just how much you've embraced the sport, how much you've loved the sport. Um, it's because of you and several others that we, we have such a great triathlon. So from me to you, big, big thank you. Um, you know, people like yourself have really driven this sport to what it is. And, uh, you know, to have you on the show talking to me and, and, and celebrating everything you've done has just been absolutely fantastic. I have enjoyed listening to your story. I still want to take you out for a beer and hear more about, you know, leaving Poland and what that whole thing was about. So I think there's more to unravel there, but Mate, thanks so much for coming on and uh, just just sharing all of your experiences with us all. It was great pleasure, Greg, and really looking forward to see you and Laura uh, hopefully soon again. We don't have to wait another six or seven years. <laughs> yes. We'll have a beer. Yes. That would be brilliant. And, uh, yeah, best regards to your audience and thank okay. you for, for this kind of conversation. All right, mate. Cheers. Thanks. And uh, we will Thank see you. you we will see. We will see you sooner than seven or eight years. And once again, Zibi, thanks for joining me. For everybody else, you can find all the show notes and timestamps and everything else at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. All right, stay on the line, Zibi. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you.